The following interview originally aired on the Monday Point. You can listen to The Point each weekday at 9 a.m. in Central Oregon on KPLV Radio, 88.9 FM, and from anywhere at kplv.org, The Point. It's great to be here with you today. Sally Compton, you are the Executive Director of Think Wild, which is a, a wonderful group to have around here for just all the services that you provide. So I'd like to have you tell a bit about Think Wild and and all the things you've been doing since you guys opened up. So you can explain about the Wildlife Hospital and the work you've been doing, please. Okay, yeah. So thanks for having me on here. The Think Wild is a nonprofit wildlife hospital and conservation center here in Bend. And we do a lot of wildlife conservation related activities, but The main one is our wildlife hospital over on the east side of Bend, where we provide wildlife rescue and rehabilitation for animals that are found that are injured or orphaned. We also do a lot of wildlife-related and outdoor education programs, both here on site and out in classrooms, out at parks. Um, And then we also do conservation services, so restoration work, riparian plantings, and things like that. So yeah, kind of a lot of different activities all related to protecting native wildlife here. Oh, and that is very much needed around here because I know there are animals that have brushes with, with us, and they sometimes end up needing some specialized help. So they, people can contact you if they have seen an animal that is injured or picked them up and and you guys have the expertise to be able to to help them. Right. So we have a wildlife hotline that anyone can call if they encounter injured or orphan wildlife or just wildlife that they suspect to, you know, something appears to be wrong. We always advise that before you ever pick up an animal or interfere, you give us a call just because we want to prevent orphaning an animal if we don't have to. And we also want to keep both you and the animal as safe as possible. Absolutely. And you have a veterinarian or two that work directly with you to, to make sure that all these things are done in a proper way for those animals. Right, exactly. So Dr. Laura Acevedo is our on-call veterinarian, and she does all her work on a complete volunteer basis. So we are very fortunate to have her on our team to help us with, you know, diagnostics and surgeries and, and all sorts of different kinds of wildlife veterinary care for the animals. Yes, and, and vet techs, too, that, that are pretty knowledgeable about things that they can, can help on, on times when she's not there. Right. Yeah. So we have people here that have wildlife rehabilitation permits. We have volunteers here who are certified veterinary technicians, and we're actually partnering with Central Oregon Community College's veterinary technician program this summer. We're providing practicums for a lot of their students to get more experience in wildlife veterinary medicine. Oh, how valuable. Yeah. That is really great. Well, we planned on talking today because... Think Wild is offering some great workshops for kids this summer that we want to make sure people find out about. So let's dive into that. You have three of them that are coming up this summer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Think Wild is launching our first ever round of summer camps. They are uh, being called Wild Wonders. And these three camps will take place in each month of the summer. So there's one in June, one in July, one in August. And the camp will be, there's one camp for lower elementary and one camp for upper elementary, both in Deschutes County. 
So each day is at a different location within Deschutes County that can be here at Think Wild or there's, you know, Tumalo State Park, Sawyer Park. And then the August camp is for lower elementary and that will be hosted in Jefferson County and areas around there. So like Cove Palisades and the library out in Madras. Oh, what, what a wonderful way for them to get to look at it face first and get some hands-on activities to, done mm-hmm. too. Yeah, so the kids can expect a bunch of different kinds of really fun outdoor activities, including wildlife scavenger hunts and learning about the natural history of the native wildlife that we have here and the different ecosystems. One of the days is you get to you know go out on the river and make your own beaver dam and learn about how beavers are benefiting our riparian ecosystems. So it's kind of like the kids get to be outside, have fun, get hands on, and also kind of learn how to be wildlife biologists and scientists and naturalists. And so I think it's a lot of fun and a great way to connect kids to nature. Oh, yes, very much so. And like you said, one of the younger groups is going to be in Deschutes County and another one is going to be in Jefferson County. So of course, they'll be held in different places so that it is it's easy for the kids to attend those, right? Yeah, we wanted to make the camps as accessible as possible. And so that's why, you know, we thought it would be great to be able to host one out in Jefferson County as well. We do a lot of education programs out there at Jefferson Middle School and Warm Springs K Academy. And so we wanted to be able to offer those kids that we see during the school year, offer them programs for the summer too. So yeah, regardless of whether you live in Bend or Redmond or Prineville or Madras, hopefully there's, you know, a camp location that will work out for you. Oh, yeah, that's great. And with a limit of 20 children in each one of those, people Mm -hmm. are going to want to start getting signed up as quickly as possible. So has that registration opened up for those three camps? Yeah, registration is already open for the camp. And I have to say that the Deschutes County ones are filling up really quickly. So if this is something that you're interested in, I would recommend going to our website checking those out and getting registered as soon as you can. The Jefferson County one still has a lot of spots. So if you live out in Redmond, Warm Springs, Madras, that area, then definitely get signed up for that as well. Right. And when they're going to be going to the locations, are you going to be using transportation that that can carry kids like a school bus or something like that, where you can haul 20 kids along there? Yeah, I wish we could, but it turns out that's a lot more complicated than you would think. But (laughs) basically, we have drop-off time. So the camp itself is from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., and drop-off is between 8.30 and 9. And so we'll let parents know the drop-off locations far ahead of time before the camp starts. And we will offer some additional transportation options if people need to be dropped off at Think Wild, like if students need to be dropped off there or if students need to be dropped off at the library. We'll try to be as flexible as possible because, again, we just want these camps to be really accessible for everyone. Right. And I see one of the locations for the upper age group is at Newberry Volcano area. So that would entail a bit of travel to be able to get to that point and and participate in that one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we'll try to be flexible. And that's why we kind of have that big drop off window in the morning so that parents have enough time to drop their kids off and then, you know, get to work or whatever they have plans for. All right. Well, and it sounds like some really great things. If they're going to the Newberry Volcano area, they will be studying volcanism and just a a lot of interesting things, like you said, with the, the beavers and finding out how important they are to the ecology of this area. 
some of the, yeah, some of the other things that you have planned for those dates are? I think the kids are going to be really excited that they get to come to Think Wild and come out to the Wildlife Hospital. Those days, we will most likely be making enrichment items for all of the wildlife that we're taking care of here. So students will learn about wildlife rehabilitation and rescue, but they'll also learn about, you know, why enrichment is so important and why we need to basically simulate the natural behaviors in the enclosures while the animals are healing. And what's really great is that the students can take what they learned here and actually bring it home and use for their own pets. And so we did similar programs last year. And I remember we, you know, we made pinecone bird feed and we made some really fun enrichment activities for the raccoons. And a lot of the kids said, oh my gosh, when I get home, I can't wait to, you know, make the same enrichment treat for my dog or my cat so that they can, you know, learn how to have these natural behaviors too. Oh, fun. Well, yes, it's great that they can apply it to, to animals that are, that are not necessarily wild animals and they, they can see and watch as, as they use those things too. So yeah. How wonderful. Yes. And getting to go to the hospital will be a special treat, too, because they will see firsthand those animals that that are being treated and taken care of there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have to be really careful about that just because, again, these are wild animals. And so the animals that we have here at Think Wild are ultimately hopefully destined for release. And so um, that is a big educational principle that we teach to the kids that come here is there's a reason why we don't get to interact with the animals and why we don't get up close to them. It's because we want to prevent habituation. We want to keep these wild animals as wild as possible. But I, you know, I was just thinking one of my favorite days because we did a similar camp last year in coordination with another school. And the favorite day that I had was actually the last day of the camp. And we all go out in the, in the stream and our waders, and we actually hunt for crawdads that we end up catching and, and feeding to the raccoons. So it's kind of fun. It's kind of like a big scavenger hunt, and it really helps us take care of our animals as well. Sure. And the more real life you can keep the things that these animals are fed, the better it probably helps them to be reintroduced back into the wild too. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's great, really. And one of the things that I noticed too is that you can waive the fee for for the children to be able to participate in this because there is a fee. And so how would you be able to figure out about that? Would the parents just let you know that they're going to need help as they're trying to register their child? Yeah. So as you go to register your child for the summer camp, if you know, you're not able to pay that program fee for whatever reason. We do have an application that you can fill out and it's basically just kind of explaining, you know, what what a summer camp would mean to you and why it's important. And then, yeah, we're able to completely waive the program fee or at least reduce the cost because, again, like I've said, we just want this camp to be accessible as possible and we want every child to be able to participate regardless of their, you know, economic background. And how is this possible? Do you have a grant that is used to help with that? Or can, can you rely on donations from people that maybe would be designated for this sort of thing? Yeah. So, I mean, both of those things, if people would like to make a donation to support the cost of our summer camp, that would be really helpful and obviously would allow us to be able to waive more fees for those that are in need. People can definitely make a donation and let us know that it is for the summer camp or for education programs in general. We do also apply for grants for programs like these. Luckily, you know, there's some really great foundations out there that are, it's really important to them to make education accessible 
And so that's why we've been able to do this thanks to organizations like the Roundhouse Foundation is one of the foundations that kind of made this possible. Oh, that's great. So if people go to your webpage, they can see where they can donate and, and then be able to, to designate or just give money so that there's, there is some possible and available yeah. to, to help out. Yeah, exactly. You have some other great things that are planned for this summer too, and great walks and things that, that involve people just coming out and, and doing some fun things. So let's talk about those as well. Well, I guess the most immediate event that comes to my mind, because we're talking about, you know, our need for funds and support is that we're actually having a big event on Thursday, April 21st at Open Space Studios, and it will be a short film premiere. And the film is a short documentary about Think Wild and about the work that we're doing here being sponsored by Puffin Drinkware. And so we're really excited about this event. You know, we're going to have lots of food and drinks and really it's going to be all about premiering this short documentary and having a presentation by myself um, and their team there. So that should be a lot of fun. And again, that's Thursday, April 21st, just getting ready for Earth Day weekend. Oh, great. Yes. Well, and that is coming up soon enough, isn't it? In April. So I, I see you also have a new volunteer orientation plan for April 21st. So tell us a bit about that. So that will actually be moved because of this event, but we do have some volunteer orientations coming up. We are onboarding our hospital volunteers right now. So baby season is getting here pretty closely. All of the animals are starting to come out because it's spring, which means we get really busy here at the wildlife hospital. So if you're interested in, you know, getting some experience working with wildlife and you're not afraid of, you know, cleaning cages and doing laundry, then definitely sign up to volunteer. We have a lot of shifts still available in the next few weeks. And then if you also just kind of want to get involved with Think Wild, you know, get outside, we do also have our community walks. So we're doing monthly river walks and community birding walks. You can check out our Facebook page where we have the dates for those. But I think our first one is actually this weekend along the river. And we just talk about the the ecology and the wildlife that live here. Right. Okay. And people can sign up to do that. Of course, they won't hear this until after that. But you do have other river walks. I noticed there's another one planned for May 28th as well. So they can definitely sign up for that. And also the community bird walks. That one is scheduled for April 29th. Yeah, so we have these walks will be happening every month, alternating between the bird walks and then the river walks. And so, yeah, people can sign up for those on our website. And then the other big event that we have coming up in May, it's May 22nd, it's a Sunday late afternoon, we'll be hosting our annual baby season baby shower. And so the baby shower will be hosted at Ben Cider Co. in Temelo. It's a lot of fun. It's basically just a big baby shower where you can bring in-kind donations that will help us get through our busy season and also meet the Think Wild staff. There's going to be lots of raffles and cider and some live music. So that should be a lot of fun too. And that's going to be again on May 22nd. Okay, great. Yes. And I see that the April Community Bird Walk is out at Hatfield Ponds. I have just been introduced to that myself by a friend. And we usually go out there about every week on a Saturday morning and walk. It's really an interesting place to go. And of course, in the spring, there's a lot of birds that come in to do the nesting, Mm -hmm. and then kind of live there over the summer as well. So 
that's that's a great place to have a chance to to visit and but also kind of do it from a distance. Yeah, this is really the perfect time of year. I mean, really all summer to go out and see wildlife and um, experience new places. I know just today our education coordinator was doing one of the walks as a practice run and she already saw some different raptors. She saw a muskrat in the water. And so, yeah, it's just a lot of fun, a good chance to get out there, get some fresh air and learn about our um, wildlife. And because it is baby season, you can expect that there's going to be a lot more animals out and about than during the, you know, all winter. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, and the pond, the front pond has been very, very low too. And so I understand that they go back and forth between putting water in the front pond or the back pond and that one of them usually has more water than the other one does. So those birds do need that water in order to be able to nest. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, I was just going to say, well, with, yeah, with baby season coming along, it's definitely a good time to also keep an eye out for, you know, wildlife or baby animals. If you do see baby animals and you're concerned that maybe they're orphan, again, you can just give us a call, whether you're, you know, one on one of our walks or you're kind of going on your own walk, kind of being a steward for wildlife and just making sure that, you know, we're, we're maintaining our space and then just knowing that you can have us as a resource if you need it. Right. And you mentioned earlier that you have a hotline phone number. So if people find something that they want to contact you about, what is that hotline number? So our wildlife hotline number is 541-241-8680. And that number is staffed seven days a week during pretty much daylight hours. Oh, during the daylight hours. Okay. Well, that is wonderful to know. And I want to share too, that I had an interesting experience this, this spring. Well, actually it was still winter technically where there was a hawk that was hanging around in our neighborhood and it had an injured leg and I was very concerned about it, but it, it was actually hunting and stuff. It, it, there was nothing else that seemed to be wrong with it. It could fly. And I witnessed it hunting and, and catching birds. So, you know, it seemed to be doing okay. But I yeah. did call Think Wild and asked about what to do about it. And there, there was nothing really to be done because it could fly, which would make it impossible right. to, <laughs> to try to capture it, to even bring it in. And so... It hung around for a few weeks and and I haven't seen it now for a couple weeks. And so I'm just assuming that maybe it has uh, enlarged its hunting area. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny when an animal is still flighted and we go out to try and catch it, it literally turns into a wild goose chase. And we've had a couple (laughs) wild goose chases last year for sure. Oh, yes. Yeah, this would have been too, because boy, when it takes off, when it would take off, it could go very, very fast. And so I I think it was it was doing okay, as far as I could tell. So your web page address is? It is thinkwildco.org. So again, that's thinkwildco.org. Wonderful. Well, Sally, it's always so great to get to talk with you and to share all the things you have planned and the wonderful things you're doing. I'm glad that our world is opening back up again so that you guys can keep working and doing the important work that you do and and help so many of the animals in our communities. So thank Thank you. And thank you for spreading the word. Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. KPOV is community radio for the high desert of Central Oregon. For more information and our program schedule, please visit kpov.org.
We value your feedback. Drop us a note at podcasts at kpov.org.